Hey kittens, this is Vivid Muse from the Girls Rules Podcast, and you're listening to the tasty, nomtastic Nutty Bites. Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is Nurt Joss, and I am recording live from Mysticon 2019. And um, we, this is the last panel of the day, and lots of people are already on the road, so we're actually just doing a recording here. So our audience is also on the show. This is a lot of fun. So with me today, I have... I'm Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. And of course, you have... Jen. And Jason. From... The Top Nerd <laughs> Timmy Podcast. And our audience member... Deborah. Deborah, welcome, Deborah. I can do different voices, so it sounds like we've got more people. Oh, that's uh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so um, today we're talking a little bit about chosen family in geek culture, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because coming to conventions for me is like going to a family reunion, except you're not being judged by anybody or nobody's pushing your buttons to try to make you cry. Oh, come here, baby. Let me get you cheese. How you feel? <laughs> Says you, I've already had I've already had a bunch of people I've had a bunch of people grab my butt throughout this con, and uh, the mix between men and women is still more on the men's side. It's fun. The funny thing is, Jason was talking these cheeks. Oh, those cheeks. Oh, okay, okay. I hope. Well, tech's not here, so yes, these cheeks. <laughs> but yeah, you know, coming to conventions, I I've been a lifelong geek. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is, so I've been a lifelong geek, a huge super geek. I was very intimidated about going to conventions. About 10 years ago, I went to my first convention, and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Because it really showed me that there are people out there like me, and it does become like a family. So Jen and Jason, people have heard, they... They're my brother. They're my sister. We do all sorts of things together, and we met at a convention. And I know no matter what happens, I will be safe around them. I can crash with them. Everything is good. And this happens for other people that I've met, like with Rich. Rich was there at my first convention, wow. which was awesome. And, uh, you know, we really get to... You know, you see people. You recognize people. Sometimes you meet somebody for the very first time. And there's that instant connection, and you know you feel safe. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about, like, some some things about going to a con or people that you've met through fandom that just, they're, they're your family, and you know you're safe. Well, I can even add to that, because, like, you and I, we hadn't really chatted in several years. Yeah. Probably about five, six years. And uh, we hadn't seen each other in about as long. Yes. And uh, you saw me post on, on uh, I think, the Facebook group that mm -hmm. you run. Hey, I'll guess for that. I posted on there. They're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you on. And uh, both then and even this weekend, uh, it, it, it's like we're back at Balticon. Yeah. When we no time has year. passed. Exactly. And so we've been hanging and yeah. chatting and stuff like that. And I think that that's one of the crucial aspects. It's you feel safe. You feel all those things. But you also don't necessarily have to be all up in their life all the time because when you see them it's like no time has passed like you mentioned yeah you don't have to work hard to maintain the relationship it's always just going to be there you know and also i think because you're not there all the time it makes those events and those situations more special because we all know that like when you see your family all the time you're like oh god going over aunt carol's house again <laughs> but you don't feel that when you come to a convention because 
when you come to a convention, you know, you're like, oh my god, it's podcasting with Siegfried, holy crap. And then one of the really cool things about it, though, is when you start seeing the web of interconnectivity of, like, this person knows this person who knows this person, or, like she said, you were at her first convention, and she was at mine, and so forth like that. And I remember when I mentioned Mysticon to her, I was like, you know, Rich Siegfried goes, do you know that guy? And she was like, oh, I know Rich. (laughs) I know Rich. (laughs) So, conventions for me, like, if I went to work, and I totally, like, saw this dude on TV that I was fangirling over and I squeed, they'd all look at me funny. <laughs> you come here and you've got Steve Jackson or or I've met Scott Sigler. Um, I've met a couple of doctors. Like, and you squee and people just keep walking. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> you're, it's you're very comfortable. The, you're really the 17th person that they've Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you, you fit in um, on the things that you you yourself feel like you're the outskirts of. But when you come to a convention like this, you fit in, and it's it's nice. Find your own click. So how do, how does it feel for you coming to conventions, Deborah? Oh, I love coming back just to see the people I've met last year who look at me and say, "I remember you. You're really nice. It's like, not a problem. I'm just glad to be in a place where I'm not a black sheep. In my family, I am a black sheep. I love sci-fi. I love it. Like there's no tomorrow. But the rest of my family, they all kind of look at me like, eh. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But here I get to relax, I can enjoy, I can be excited about Doctor Who and, and Star Trek and Knowing Voyager and all that. And managed to actually bump into Robert Picardo without going fan crazy on him. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's one of the things you get with this kind of a con because it's so small, is you get that chance to have an intimate moment without having to, you know, be on your best behavior. But it helps, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's something really... so. I've come from a very large family. Half of them are geeks, but none of them are as geeky as I am. <laughs> and there's something really awesome about the fact that I can make an obscure prisoner, the prisoner reference, and at least half a room is going to know what I'm talking about. Whereas I'll just randomly make these references around my family and they go, What the heck? What's she talking yeah. about? What she said? Yeah. Well, during match game, uh, one of the uh, questions that I'd asked was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of, and, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. And um, so sometimes we'll get some silly answers whatnot. And then my buddy Drew, yeah. who I adore, Drew Meyer, um, he ends up dropping Harry Potter and the Prisoner, period. And he's just like, that. that is my answer for that. And it was just immediately, you just saw people's eyes light up when they realized what he did there. And it was like... And you could also see a couple other people, their their fanfic started writing itself. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's, there's, there's, it just, it makes you feel good. Uh, the other thing that I absolutely love is we were, we live and work in solitary environments. Uh, we are disconnected from people throughout the world. I love the internet because it brings people closer together, but we're not physically together. And... Um, very often you could go an entire day without any touching a single person or any actual human contact. And then you come... not since the restraining order. (laughs) (laughs) And then you come to a convention and people are like, can I hug you? And, and, and can I, can I sit next to you? Or is this, you know, and what I love also is that they almost always ask Mm -hmm. and then, but there's, there's hugging. There's... There's personal face-to-face communication, and we don't get nearly as, as much of that as we used to. 
Yeah, it's that level of intimacy that is because if you think about it, like if you go on a blind date with somebody or if you meet somebody for the first time, you have to uh, establish some sort of common ground. With every person that is in this hotel and has traversed in and out of it for this past weekend, we already have all of that work done. We're already nerds. We're geeks. We're super fans of something. We enjoy things. There's the unspoken of, hey, let's not be jerks Mm -hmm. that we've all been through bullying or what have you. We are all outcasts. So we've immediately jump-started, like already two years into a a relationship. And that's where a lot of people are willing to express, uh, uh, whether it's intimate um, conversations with talking about people's past or the mm-hmm. things that they dig or whatever, or even something as simple as, I want to hug every time they see him. Yeah. yeah, and also, you know, it's like, when 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 nerds aren't here, they kind of, a lot of nerds have anxiety, or they have a, a kind of a hesitation to reach out and open up or even strike up conversations sometimes. But here, because you know that everyone has that commonality between them, people will ask you like, oh, hey, well, you know, is that so-and-so's cosplay? And you're like, yeah. And then they just strike up the conversation. Or like earlier after the trivia game, uh, two people came up to me and they were like, hey, uh, you kept saying you're the anime expert. Could you have answered questions about Sailor Moon? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, that's no problem. And, I'll, you know, then we get into a conversation about, you know, suggesting panels and things like that. And it helps break that ice without having to make it awkward or forced. Yeah. And one of the things, I don't give a Burrito. About Anne Connection. I'll bleep it. It's okay. all good. I don't give a <laughs> beep about anime. <laughs> Taco. That's not. Uh, anime, it's just not my bag. Yeah. I, I've seen a few and I enjoy them. But. I like what you've been talking about and pitching and stuff, and that's why I offered if there is anything I can do to make sure that that is stuff that can happen here because I know that that is a need for some people. Just like if you have a need to get some, you know, your Star Wars fix while you hear Doctor Who fix, then you can, there's a panel for that. Or the hell, there's even yeah. somebody walking around like a, a lovely TARDIS, <laughs> uh, uh, much like Nutty's doing. But I want to make sure that something like that is there for the, the either the young geeklings or the older ones that just need that fix while they're here at a con. That's why they're coming out. And so even though I don't care, I'm more than happy to help out in any way I can. Even in geek circles, like in, in the real world, you know, you go to a game store and you may end up running into the person who's like, oh yeah, no, I, I really dig um, uh, Elder Scrolls, I, I, you know, and and I was wondering about their experience. Oh, that's not a good game. You need to be playing this other game with 27 pieces, you know. And and you'll run into, even in areas that should feel safe, that maybe there are people yucking your yum. Whereas when you're here, it's, I'm going to do a panel about this obscure thing that came out in the 70s, but it's now a webcomic. Oh, and there's a, a, a rapper that does nothing but rap about this. And we're going to do a very specific panel, and people go, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> because we don't yuck each other's yum when we're here. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to, you know, go anywhere and you can hear a conversation and you can understand it, even though you only came in the middle of it. Absolutely. So talking about, oh, I remember this, that, or the other thing, and this is what happened. Um, and it's just, it's the freedom of being able to talk without mm-hmm. the restrictions of don't reference this, that, or the other thing because they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So my thing is I have this really bad habit about if somebody is talking about something and they can't, they can't quite express what they're saying. And I'm like, oh, you're saying this. I have a bad habit of jumping into that. Mm-hmm. I got it from my mom because my mom pauses all the time. It drives me crazy. But he, like, 
people will look at you like you're rude outside of it. But if you're here and they're like, well, wasn't it this character that did this? And the other person's like, I don't know. And you just kind of lean over and you're like, no, this is who it was. And they're like, okay, cool, thanks. You know, Thank you. Yeah, like you're not being shunned for just kind of Having being like, hey. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't I, 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 I do the same exact thing. And that's an ADD trait because I can't stand the pauses. <laughs> and I have to sometimes hold back because I'm like, let them say it, let them yeah. say it, let them say it. Well, to me, I, I only do that when it's clear that they're yeah. struggling with it. Yes. I try to give yeah. them like one or two seconds to do that because otherwise I have people, like when I'm taking a breath, will try to finish my sentence 90% <laughs> yeah. of the time. And there's only specific people that do this because 90% of the time they're wrong. And so then I just have to take more time to correct and rewind and say what I was saying. But when it comes to being in a convention atmosphere, it's almost like for me, because I am so public, because, you know, I'm always doing the stage stuff and whatnot, uh, people come up to me and they'll, they'll talk to me a lot and they'll, they'll do that and stuff. But I immediately know that because we're at a convention, they don't mean any harm by that. It's not like in the regular world where a lot of people are trying to get one up on you. It's mm-hmm. almost like an assertion of dominance yeah. uh, with some people. Some people yeah. are being helpful like you guys. But uh, for some people, it's an establishment of dominance, and here it's not. It's somebody who's trying to legitimately help you. Or they're just so excited yeah. because they that's think you're talking about what they want to yes. talk about. Yes. Yes. And that's whenever somebody does like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. You know, I always try to encourage, you know, yes. be encouraging and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 it's... There's so many so many people you can talk to about anything, and if you don't know something, you can ask. You know, and you, I love when you brought up the fact about that energy, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's one thing we don't get a lot of in our daily life because everything is so, we're doing the same thing every day. We got a clock and do this and that. But here, there's such an energetic vibe at a convention because people are so jazzed to be away from that daily humdrum life, and they get to go and do that stuff that they've been talking about and liking all their life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that that energy makes this even more of a communal thing because again it's contagious well what's the stereotype of a geek there's a stereotype of the geek that we live in our basements we don't talk to people we're all introverts and we don't have social skills and yet conventions are one of the most social experiences possible the fact that you can walk down a hallway and just talk to somebody that you have never seen before, and even if you're an introvert, mm-hmm. it's much easier to make that jump and to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on your first convention. You might... This is this is for you, Hugh. Hold up the walls in every uh, room or whatever. Well, there's but an your art second to it. one. Yeah, there, there is, is an art, art to it. And you have to grow into yes. that, and you have to be comfortable with yeah. that. Yeah, but you get to the point where it's you're walking down, and I love that shirt. Mm-hmm. That's a great <laughs> shirt. And then you just because you do, you never forget your first doctor, and then you just start talking. Mm. Or uh, Jason is wearing the Nutty Bites shirt, and I remember I was wearing that, and I was carrying a bunch of bags. Or was it you? I don't know. Somebody goes, "What does Rory say? What do I have to listen to?" And then next thing we knew, we were talking to somebody for forty-five minutes, <laughs> and uh, things were going, things were grooving, and that's so much more difficult outside. And you know this this stereotype of the geek that doesn't talk to people that that doesn't have these social skills no we do we just 
need to know we can trust you. Well, and well, there are some people that are so introverted, but they also have a place at conventions. Yeah. Because sometimes it's the gamers' room. Sometimes it's the, like this uh, at Mysticon. They have a, a uh, basically a video game archive room mm-hmm. where you can go up and you can play systems from all all generations, yeah. like even pre Atari stuff. They have up there. Yep. Um, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. There's also an escape room here, and there's there's always uh, there's always panels and shows where even if you don't want to talk to somebody, if that is just not your bag. You don't have to. Somebody, if somebody comes up to you and is like, "Hey, that's a nice thing," you'd be like, "Thank you," and then you can keep moving. They're not going to yeah. be offended because they're like, "Oh, that person's an introvert." Okay, yeah. cool. And th- th- you're 100. Yeah. percent That's right. No matter w- what level of social comfort you are at, whether you're somebody like me who's boisterous and has no personal space <laughs> or anything like that, to somebody who you know kind of does their things and then goes back up to the room to recharge. Mm-hmm. Conventions are the place for it, and Geek Family and everybody immediately understands that because of that kind of that jump start in relationship. And I will say, it does change depending on the style of convention. Hmm. The larger the convention the more difficult I find, especially if you have any social anxieties. So, Mysticon, if I'm not mistaken, was my first convention. Yeah. No, it was Mysticon. Yeah. And then, Jen got thrown into Dragon Con. Yeah. Didn't even warm up to it, huh? Like, it was a very, very big jump. And Dragon Con, to me, was too much too fast. Um... You know, because it was still the same premise of a convention, but there's so many people, so much going on, so many different things that it was, you know, if you're you're not used to that or if you're just somebody that wants to slip in and slip out every once in a while, that was too much. The smaller convention, like Balticon, Mysticon, Yamacon, um, you're able to do that because it's much more laid back, you know, so you're not feeling as pressured. And there's also about 100,000 less people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you get better access, too. So I know for Jen loves talking to authors, loves buying books like that. We leave a convention, and Jen has a box full of books, and she is super excited. And you talk to every author. And listeners of the podcast know Jen is the quiet one. But she will just start chatting with an author, and it... I can't imagine that you have the same kind of access at Dragon Gone that you could just sit there for 20 minutes and talk to an author. I think we only talked to one. It was uh, the lady who did those. Uh, it was in the dealer's room. She was near. Uh, yeah. She was like right inside the door. Yeah. yeah. And we remembered we forgot the books that we had for her to sign. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I do think that the scale of the con makes a big difference also. I know my first time that I went to New York Comic Con, I didn't realize that I could possibly have social anxiety in there. Now, I at the time, it was being held at the Javits Center. I had been to many professional conferences at the Javits Center. I've been to Mac Expo a couple of years. I've been to Fudo Expos there. I have worked that place. And then I went in for Comic-Con, and it was, oh. Now, granted, I was also alone, but still, I was just, whoa. Yep. But something like Mysticon, like Balticon, like some of these smaller co- conferences. Uh, for me, I've been to Halcon and uh, Anna Maritime, and it's, 
I can just walk around and I can see the people that are on panels and then talk to them later. I can see the guests. I can get that access. But also, I'll keep seeing the same people. I'll see the same people in the hallways. And you feel a little more comfortable. It's, I guess it's like the difference between a small town and a big city. When I lived in New York, I never saw my neighbors. I never ran into anyone at the grocery store. When I moved to Canada, I was like, why do I keep seeing all the same people? <laughs> How do I know the, the clerk at the grocery store? What is going on here? This is weird. <laughs> you know, when it comes to like small conventions and the communities in them, they again because it's not you know eighty thousand people crammed into the downtown Atlanta in the middle of August. It's it just the atmosphere itself is so less charged with this gotta go, gotta go, gotta do this, gotta do this. That laid back feeling, that laid back kind of mentality allows you to be able to enjoy more things, and you're not feeling so rushed. To have to try to get here to do this, or I can't miss this, or if I don't get here now, this line's going to be around the block twice. You know, my first Mysticon, uh, it was on the Friday of the con, it was almost it was like really dead. There couldn't have been no more than 200 people here. And Peter Davison, the guest of honor, was in the hallway just wandering about talking to people, just having a good old time. And that would never happen at anything the size of like a New York Comic Con or a, a Dragon Con. Like it would just never happen. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times at, at some of these, uh, con- the, the regional conventions that I've bumped into the guests at parties and stuff like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Some of them I've, because of that, I've gained respect for them and some of them I've lost <laughs> a little bit. Of respect. And when you see some of these people in, in way too skimpy clothing or something like that, it's just like, oh, I'm never going to be able to watch Babylon 5 again. <laughs> <laughs> Without revealing who it was, but, but yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's that level with the guest because there was there was this one convention. Um, <clears throat> I can't think of it, the guy who played uh, Colonel Ty on Battlestar Galactica. Um, well, it, it was it was at a Con Carolinas many years ago, and uh, would I kept meeting him outside in the smoking section. First few times, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of your work. Keep chatting with him. And then I got to go do panel, and then I come back out. He's out there. He's out there again, and just chatting a little bit more. And I go back do another thing. I come back. He's out there again, and chatting some more because he kept recognizing me. And so we kept chatting, chatting until finally it was like, sweet Jesus, man, I you got to leave me alone, man. I got I got other <laughs> stuff to do. <laughs> I don't mean that mean. He was just yeah. like he was genuinely like engaging and yeah. conversational. But it, it went from "Wow, I'm such a huge fan," or "Jesus Christ, leave me alone, man." <laughs> and, and not that he was creepy or bad or yeah, anything like just, that. He was just he was just so enthusiastic and talking and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, but yeah, no, he, he he is a sweetheart. I'm not bagging on. I just I wish I could remember his damn name. But you know, you know do it, your damn job. That's okay. The the listeners are all screaming at their their speakers Which I right appreciate now. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Don't tweet the show. <laughs> Tweet uh, Cinema Freak on, on Twitter. Yes, there you go. Um, but so there's something for me uh, specifically is that, you know, getting back to the whole chosen family is that my first convention was life changing because it wasn't just here are my people, it was um, here are the people and we, we want you. We want you to come back. We want to see you again. We want to feed you. We want to take care of you. We want to make sure that you get back to your room. We want to, you know, all those nurturing and intimate things that we do. Um, you know, 
I, you walk through the halls and people are constantly trying to feed you or give you a drink or, or something because they really, they want you to be there. And so for me, it was, uh, especially at a time that I had just moved away from New York. I moved to Canada. It was a whole new thing. I had, I went from living where I had an established social circle mm-hmm. to nobody. Mm-hmm. And it was, no, nah, we'll be your family. We'll be here. It's all good. And these are friendships that just continue. Mm-hmm. No, you're, it's funny. You bring up feeding people, of course. Uh, one <laughs> of the things that I miss about Balticon is when they were at the old hotel, we used to go down to a hotel near it called The Residence. And The Residence is the only hotel I've ever been to that had a grill for its patrons to use. So, wow. Yeah, it's a patio. With a like fire pit, giant grill and a fire pit and and congregating space. And the first time it was like T. Morris and just a few, like maybe twenty of us, and somehow it just escalated. And at one year we had like two hundred people crammed mm. in this tiny patio, and there's just meat and ribs and hush puppies and music and cigars and booze. And, and yeah, it, that was after I I'd, I'd stopped going all. And, it just and it and it becomes it just kind of becomes it became a thing that we did then every year. People knew like, oh well, I'm vegetarian. Like, oh, it's fine. We'll clean off this part of the grill. You're fine. And you start learning about people because spoiler alert: one of the best ways to talk to people is through food. Yes. As you see, I'm a fan of talking to people. <laughs> Rubs belly. You know, I mean, uh, the last last year when we went to Balticon, me and Nutty uh, shared a room, and Nutty didn't have to really buy food at all because I brought. Uh, yeah, I smoked. was taking public transit down, so I couldn't bring anything. Yeah, we had mac and cheese, smoked. Uh, I had a smoked pork butt that I brought, and then uh, Val and others had things and. But she didn't have to worry about it yeah. or, or yeah. feel guilty about it. And then I'm disappointed I've not been able to put any of your meat in my mouth. I do not say that to make you feel bad because I know there were reasons, but I'm letting you know that is how much I have heard and anticipate when I can finally have some of your meat in my mouth. See, see, we need year, we need to rectify this. <laughs> see, see, next year next year I'll Whoa, show whoa, you whoa, that. don't make it dirty. <laughs> See, next year, I'll Same make sure. Rectify, make my God. I'm just talking about putting his meat in my mouth. Yeah, you in your say, mouth, you nowhere say else. Rectify. Okay, you're just making this uncomfortable. You know, it's. So and, you want to tell I, me more about your meat? No, uh, <laughs> legitimately, though, I do want to, to next year, I will probably bring brisket or something with me. Because, again, I usually do. Um, I've even got known, I've now known for the fact that nothing is not portable. Um, <laughs> well, and like you said, it was just a mismatch of time and stuff like that with what you were able to yeah. do. You took it out, but it didn't quite thaw all the way and stuff. So that's, that's just stuff that happens. But I'm letting you know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Who was cooking in 519, but that smelled incredible. <laughs> the floor was absolute heaven to walk through because it just smelled so delicious. There's that cheese no, dip that just kind of permeated. It was really nice. Well, she was doing her dinner for her kids in a crock pot. I think mm-hmm. it was like a pork pot or something. And she, one of her daughters had seasoned it. It was like... Can I just have the recipe now that smells that good? So, yeah, well, that's one of the things. Instant pots now are huge mm-hmm. in discount price. A lot of people doing that because it used to be crock pots. But those are so hefty to bring. But now so, the joys of instapotting, come on. So one Balticon, I was like, all right, I'll bring a crock pot <laughs> and I'll make my chili. And so I pre-cooked the chili and I said, that's fine. I'll freeze it so it'll keep. And I did. I froze it. It kept. And then by the time I wanted to put it in the crock pot, it was still 
frozen mm-hmm. in the bag. Oops. So I put it in the crock pot and it had to cook like all day. But once it was cooked, it was everybody come in and out of the room, come get this chili. And it was, it was chili possibly, possibly. It, it, lots of beans. Yeah. I normally have to stay away from chili at cons just because yeah. my system is no bueno with that. you got to so. be careful, yeah. But, but mine no, is pretty I, mild I, for, for, for everybody. Last year at Balticon, we had a couple of people that overextended themselves. When you're a panelist and a dealer, mm-hmm. the problems happen. And so Jason was we're, we're running around. We're not talking about you, Timors. We're not. No, not at all. He was running around feeding people, and it was... You know, oh, we're like I haven't eaten, I haven't drinking, yeah. and we're like, well, somebody will say, I, oh man, I just came from this panel, I haven't eaten all day. Jason, bring some pork, but down for Pip, and he come down with eggs and bacon and pork and all this other stuff, and we, like you said, we, we take we take care, care of, of each other, we make sure because. If somebody's feeling a little, and, and that can even be emotionally too, not mm-hmm. just physically, but if you see that somebody's having a rough time, is super down, a lot of people get together and try to figure out a way to make, just make sure that they have a good time. Not necessarily cheer them up, because yeah. that's up to them, but to make sure that they have the option of still salvaging the weekend so that is not their memory of the weekend. And then it extends past the weekend. When you make these mm-hmm. connections on social media and you continue the comp. The conversation, and you see somebody is down on Facebook, and then suddenly everybody comes around them. Or what we've experienced is a couple of friends have come out about things about them, you know, gender, sexuality, mental health status, uh, things of that nature, and everybody comes around and is like, "Yes, go you! Thank you for trusting me with this. I'm so happy you can be, feel comfortable." And we're there supporting each other and then it extends i know for me personally there have been many many a couch that i have just been able to crash on i when i used to live in nova scotia and i was traveling between new york and nova scotia um val ford and and spence would constantly say okay i'll meet you at this denny's or Come to my house and sleep here. It's the halfway point. Or Kilfoyle, I would sleep there. It was the halfway point. Or, you know, one time I had, like, a, a big work trip that I had to do. So I had, like, multiple stops. And, and Viv's like, all right, you're done. Get over here. You're staying with me tonight. And and, and they open up their house. And yeah. these two have opened their house. Yeah, and Viv was always good for that. That's why it sucks she's all the way in Arizona now. Boo, Viv. Yeah. Are you kidding? I miss Arizona. That's where I'm from. That's one thing I learned about the East Coast is that Arizona is doing really good for Viv, but we miss Viv. You know what? That's <laughs> that's the thing. The uh, I think, and I even told her this that the only reasons why I didn't want her to go out there were selfish ones because I would yep. miss her. Yep. But I know that it was good for her, so I, then I told her that I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, if well, I know they've gotten snow again, so uh-huh. that's true. Anyone unaware? Uh, Viv is. The con mommy. <laughs> she news, she yes. takes care of people, and you can listen to her and me on Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast, which will be coming back in April because the show's coming back. Yay, final season. Anyway, but yeah, we Seamless. <laughs> now you pointed it out, and everyone knows what I did. <laughs> but I know that I have people in my life now. I have these these family members, and even you, like Rich and I, we've been to a couple cons together. We had some amazing conversations, and then due to different logistics, we haven't seen each other in years and years and years. But I know 
I, you're there. Mm-hmm. If I needed something, I just, Rich, mm-hmm. I want to go to Mysticon. This is what you do. <laughs> yeah, and all I had to do was say, hey, keep an eye out for this person. It wasn't that I was giving a stamp yeah, of approval no. or anything like that. It was more like, hey, keep an eye out for this person because I know your bona fides are going to get you in the door. That is not a problem. <laughs> all I had to do was like, keep an eye out for this one. This isn't just any rando. I mean, this it's not is like you're the master of ceremonies. Whatever power that gives me. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been responsible for 10 hours of entertainment throughout this whole weekend. They worked the crap out of me. They owe me if, I, if I'm yeah. like, hey, just, this person's cool. <laughs> that's good. And, uh, and yeah, and that's that's the thing. is like I, I, last year, Tech was very stressed with work, and he mm. said, I just want to go somewhere where nobody knows who I am, and I can just relax. And it wasn't Jason and Jen saying, why don't you come down? It was Tech being able to say, can we come down and visit you guys? Yeah. And it was all right. We're gonna we're gonna spend a week just chilling in the south, and we're like, and it was exactly what we needed, and it was it exactly seems weird what he that he needed. You guys, when he wants to go somewhere that nobody knows him, I mean, are you guys not that close? <laughs> no, no. no. It, the the issue is <laughs> he's in charge of a school where we live, so we and go he's to McDonald's. So famous from the podcast, we get it. The paparazzi must be hell for you guys. It's true. It's true. The really funny thing is now this is yeah. odd. This has never happened. We have listeners from his work. Wow. Which, like, that, these kind of things normally don't cross over, especially because we don't use our government names when broadcasting. And your real name's not Nutty? Well, my real name is Nutty, but my government name is not. Ah. Ah. I like it. I like it. I have been Nutty Nuchas for more than half of my life. Oh, wow. So. Long enough to be a religion. (laughs) Old enough to drink. <laughs> I have no qualms with worshiping at the altar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, so we would go to get gas. We would go to McDonald's, to the gas station, to the grocery store. Like, just go for a walk. And it's warrant, warrant, warrant. It's, I just, I need. I can, I can, yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah, because there's no, you're off the clock. When you're when you when when you are that person and you are in that leadership role, there is no off the clock. There is no I get to just relax and be me because I'm everybody's boss. Yeah, the, the, my best friend lately on my phone has been switching to do not disturb. <laughs> yes. Because uh, then I uh, uh, then I can just I can just get the messages when I want to look at them. I don't have to. I the damn thing doesn't go every time I get a notification or a message. I turn my email on and off. Ah, that's smart too. Now the emails I usually have to respond to because those I don't get a whole heck of a lot. But it's usually Facebook messages because with the the burlesque that um, I produce or um, the with the podcast with uh, the streaming with all the other stuff that I do with work with mm-hmm. the kids stuff like they message me often. They don't use email, so that's the one thing. That I yeah, can yeah. So you need to be able to turn that on and yeah. off. Yes. So um, before we go on, I just want to thank everybody for joining in and doing this cozy little recording. And uh, Rich, where can people find you on the internet and enjoy your awesome content? <laughs> 
Uh, well, to enjoy it, that's uh, that's more on you. I suggest uh, being heavily medicated or drinking a lot. But the, no, the, uh, the, the content you can find, you can go to outcastmultimedia.com. That has links to everything and anything that I've done and I'm currently doing. To listen to me daily, I am available on Geek Radio Daily, available Ding. at yeah, for it. Available at geekradiodaily.com. Ding, there, there we is. go. Uh, <laughs> um, and of course, I am an online male entertainer, i.e., I stream on Twitch, and you can find me there at uh, twitch.tv slash Richie Munster, and there are, of course, links on outcastmultimedia.com. Oh, the images. <laughs> Jen, Jason, where can people find you on the internet? That's your job. That's your job. As always, you can find our stuff at talknerdytomepodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdytome. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at nerdytomepodcast. And you can find me on Nostalgia Pilots with Hugh, Jared, Spence, all over Nerdy Bites. And have I done anything else recently? No, that's about it. Do you want to promote anything? Not particularly. <laughs> you can find her at Mysticon. Every year. <laughs> Every year. Thank you so much. And you can, of course, find me at nimlas.org, where you can find the Nutty Bites podcast. You can also find links to Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. And you can find links to all the other podcasts that I guest on. Sometimes it takes me a while to post those links there, but they will be there. And you can also find all of my artwork there, the daily creativity and awesome drawings of Rory. I didn't even think about that. I think uh, I, I don't know if I have links to my art stuff on uh, on Outcast or not, but you can find me at imadeanart.com. Yes, <laughs> that is my favorite website. How many dot coms do you have? I have started to pare them down and toss them, man. <laughs> I had way too many for too long. Is CinemaFreaks.com still a thing? It, it became CinemaFreaks.net. Uh, it used to be .org, but I think I had to switch it over to .net. Because it was cheaper? Uh, no, no, because it expired and I didn't realize it. Uh, somebody snagged it. Um, but also uh, uh, PulpAdventures.net for the, all the old Mr. Adventure stuff. But all of those things are available at Outcast Multimedia. I, oh, I think actually you can just go to RichSigfret.com, but that's... Yep. Tougher to spell. God, I had one for me. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. If you like audiobooks and science fiction, you should be listening to Glow in the Dark Radio for free science fiction audio adventure every week. Written and read by author and radio host Mike Luoma. Me. As an up-and-coming independent writer, I share my work for free each week, chapter by chapter, to get you into my science fiction, I hope. Check out all my books at GlowInTheDarkRadio.com and listen to Glow in the Dark Radio free each week on iTunes. Tune in or just head to GlowInTheDarkRadio.com. Nutty Bites is produced by Mimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss, or call 347-NUTTY42. Hi. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel.